0: Hi guys, on this episode, for a pessimist, I'm pretty optimistic. Um, I'm really, honestly excited for this topic and to talk about it. Um, I've only ever really shared my excitement with a fair share of a couple people, um, yet I still feel like they never understood like the excitement and the joy live shows gave me ever since I started going to these, and um, I'm really excited excited i'm actually really excited to share these moments with you um these moments honestly mean everything to my heart to the nostalgia of like concerts on its own on its very own (laughs) fuck (laughs) memories at live shows honestly meant everything to me dude um (laughs) from the beginning of the day to the end uh I'm sure people who went to concerts know that, like, it's not exactly just, like, a four-hour or five-hour thing, process. It's actually more of, like, a whole-day process if you're really um, passionate about getting there early, about actually having a perfect spot in line, perfect spot at your seat and everything, and the whole wait leading up to a concert, honestly... Just builds with excitement, and it's honestly something different from everything you experience. Honestly, um, at the age of thirteen, I had wanted to go to a live show ever since, but uh, supposedly I'd been too young to go, and um, it was kind of sad. Um, around the time too, like my sister had went to a Paramore concert, and she invited me, but I, shit, I was still like very young. <laughs> at the time so my parents didn't let me and it was kind of sad um i felt a certain excitement for going to live show and um i just really wanted to get to it i really wanted to go to one and um it was finally at the age of 15 when i had been let to go and uh, my first concert was a one direction concert um ah so like I'm going to try so hard not to fangirl right now because um, I've loved One Direction probably ever since the age of 11. And thinking about it right now, I'm actually the age of 21. So that's quite an amount of time since I've actually listened to their music and actually gotten to know the guys in One Direction through the power of the internet. And <laughs> yeah, ever since I had been like such a hardcore fangirl, fangirl, fangirl. <laughs> I've been such a hardcore fucking fangirl for them ever since, like, 11. So it was, like, all of the hype to see them, like, at 15 and everything. <laughs> yeah. This was my very first show and I had went to that show with my cousin. Early second-degree cousin, I guess, named Eliza. And my stepsister named Renee. And um, we all went uh, with the help of my uncle who had driven us all the way to Santa Clara to the Levi Stadium for the show. And um, it was exciting. The place was fucking huge once we got there. I didn't think it would be like so huge. (laughs) And from a five-foot person's point of view, standing in front of the Levi Stadium, I felt like this little tiny speck. And I was like, fuck. I spent the entire time in the shower, like, romanticizing (laughs) my time to see One Direction as if it had been, like, a first date kind of nervous. And to think that, like, the place had, like, at least fit, like, 40,000 or 50,000 people. Like, 15-year-old me, I doubt that was gonna fucking happen, but... (laughs) That still didn't, like, can the excitement that I had in me to, like, be going to my first show and everything. I loved One Direction. I wrote fan fiction like, a bunch of hairy fan fiction for a while. And a couple were a hit. A couple weren't. I didn't really care. I just actually really liked the concept that was One Direction and the idea that fans were brought so close because of a certain band. And um, it was all, once again, through the power of the internet. Is a beautiful thing, and it felt like almost like a ritualistic, like, heartfelt moment that I had finally got to see them on the On the Road Again tour. I could remember my outfit choice, like, kind of vividly, not so vividly. I had worn this uh, gray, white striped shirt, and it was a crop top, and I felt really cute in it, and... Part of my hair was dyed green a little at the ends. And, um, yeah, I felt really cool for some reason (laughs) that I had gone to this concert and everything. Um, I believe it was Iconopop that was going to open for them, but I had known nothing about the duo. I know they're female duo, that's for sure. I remember hearing them live and everything and hearing the songs they had to play. Um... They were all right. I honestly only knew one song. So, like, the entire time they were playing live, I was kind of just, like, anticipating One Direction to just get on stage already. So, that was, like, pretty wild. Uh, I'm so sorry, Pop. I wasn't prepared for you guys', like, live set. But <laughs> the excitement over, like, literally, like, being able to breathe the same air as fucking One Direction, like, was enough for me. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> And once again, I'm telling you, you guys, I was, like, pretty much a hardcore fucking stan. So, um, it was around that year also when Zayn had left the band. Like, unfortunately, like, I was really fucking sad he couldn't be at the show that I went to. Um, it was shortly after Zane left when I had gotten to see them live. So I felt, like, really fucking sentimental, really fucking emotional. But at the same time, I was really happy And um, it's those feelings that carry, like, nostalgia, in my opinion. Like, for some reason, I went into that stadium feeling as if I'd remember these moments at this concert forever. Just because, like, my childhood heart had loved One Direction and gotten so emotionally attached to these guys and their music that it just felt so right that I had been in the place that I was at that concert. And, um, honestly, I didn't even bother about the seats. I wish I had gotten better seats, but the tickets were really fucking expensive. Uh, I was just grateful to be there, but I had been all the way at the back of the fucking stadium. Um, it was whatever, honestly. I was just really happy to be there. Um, I was really happy to see them, like, get on the fucking stage. Like, I can't even explain the happiness that, like, overcame me as soon as I seen them walk onto the fucking stage. I was literally, like, screaming my lungs out. I was screaming my lungs out. I was fucking flipping the fuck out. I honestly literally don't know about the hype about, like, getting there early and everything and having a good place in line if there are seats assigned. But, like, um, getting there early anyway was, like, something i had wanted to do for my first concert just because uh just because literally just (laughs) because and um yeah it was really fucking exciting i love the set list it was around the time uh four their album came out and they had played some songs off there and uh off take me home and um fuck yeah the songs on there they just like had my heart but, like, at the same time, fucking hearing some of those songs live literally broke my heart because Zane wasn't there for most of the solos. And as some of you know, Zayn has some of, like, the key solos in some of those songs. So it'd be, like, really obvious if he wasn't there to sing them. And fuck yeah. Singing the lyrics for Zane was totally worth it. I just fucking cried at least twice or three times, but it's okay. (laughs) And, um, yeah, literally seeing them in the flesh, like literally in the flesh was like the most like stunned, like fangirl moment I've ever had at the age of 15. And I was like, oh my gosh, it was totally worth the wait. It was totally fucking worth the wait to see them live, in my opinion. And, uh, now that they're not together anymore, and now that they're not doing live shows anymore, it's kind of, like, an emotional thing for the fans of One Direction. It's a really sentimental thing to talk about, even, like, bringing it up on Twitter or seeing, like, posts. Like, you literally have, like, the same war flashbacks that take you back to, like, 2011 or 2012 and stuff. Anyway, um... I believe like around the middle of the concert or towards like at least the last third of the concert, um, security had like came up to us and asked us, uh, if we had wanted to move down like a row or not a row, but a section, like an entire section down just a little closer. And, um, it was because there was enough space and I was like fucking screaming for some reason. (laughs) Like I was screaming this entire time, guys. I was 15. I fucking love them what did we expect huh and (laughs) i was just like fuck yes i'd love to go down another section and (laughs) we all went down and i felt like i was the only one fucking like nearly about to lose my shit just because we were like gonna get closer and actually see them even closer and yeah (laughs) while taking videos and stuff and while taking footage like during those moments they walked down that catwalk at the Levi stadium I was like holy fuck I could not hold still like my hands were fucking shaking (laughs) my hands were literally fucking shaking at the sight of them through my camera lens and I was like oh like I can't explain it like it's literally just this feeling and this burst of like happiness and emotions hitting you all at once and like it just felt right like it felt right at the same time it felt like it went too soon um there were a lot of moments harry talked and everything harry styles my boy he talked uh on multiple occasions between those songs and um he was his like happy and giddy self and it was just a beautiful thing to experience in person Fuck. There was actually a moment during that concert when Harry had um, asked everyone in the stadium to turn to a person that was next to them and to give them a hug and to tell them that they appreciated them. And I thought that was such a really kind thing to do. He's such a wholesome heart. He has such a fucking wholesome heart. And um, it was just amazing to witness all in all. Fuck. Anyway, on the topic of Harry, um, I totally got to see him live again as a solo artist uh, repping the self-titled album. And uh, this was around, fuck, I think like 2018, 2019-ish. And um, once again, one of the greatest moments live, Harry Styles himself literally playing his own music off the self-titled album. And... This time around, it was actually a more, like, smaller and intimate place. uh, Whereas the stadium, like, fit at least, like, 40,000 to 50,000 people. um, It was down at least, like, probably 2,000 or 3,000 people in this place. And um, it was at the Masonic in San Francisco. And, um, fuck yeah. (laughs) I've just been, like, really excited because, like, this time around would be different. Like, we'd be at least, like, a little closer, like, way or closer than, like, the first time in, like, 2015, and um, the show was amazing, the show was amazing, I'd worn a pink t-shirt dress that day, and I did a uh, pink eyeshadow, and I was repping the pink so hard, because it's self-titled album, uh, if you don't know the self-titled album by Harry, uh, he's in pink water, and he's shirtless, and he's uh, dipping himself into that pink water, And it's um, really aesthetic. It's so aesthetic. That whole album's vibe has been, like, so aesthetic. And, yeah, being there had been such a magical experience again, yet again. Like, I don't know what it is about Harry Styles, but his entire persona and what he stands for, um, it's empowering. It's empowering people like Harry Styles that, like, give people hope it gives people hope it makes others realize that love is actually love <laughs> and that being kind isn't like that hard like that's his whole slogan pra- practically <laughs> uh treat people with kindness i had really really wanted to go to the floor like so badly at that show But, um, my sister didn't really want to because supposedly she was just scared, uh, we would, like, get trampled or faint. So, um, I didn't get to experience my first time on a floor, on a general floor, at this concert, but I wish I had, somehow. (laughs) Um, it was still okay, though. We were just chilling at the section in the back of that floor, so it was almost as if we were on the floor. Um... Yeah, I got some pretty good footage from that show. And fuck yeah, Harry was just glancing at everyone at that show and he felt the most intimate towards everyone at that show. And it was beautiful how he just like gravitated naturally towards the audience. It was actually pretty cool because Masonic was the first place uh, he would be playing on that tour. And I was like, fuck, that's actually really cool. And that's like all the hype because like San Francisco is the, the, <laughs> the best place to start it, honestly. I'm not exactly following a timeline on the concerts I've been. Sorry about that. I just kind of like went consciously into the idea that yeah, One Direction was my first concert. I actually got to see Harry live later on. But that was uh, about, like, three years or two years later-ish. And, um, yeah. It was actually um, Five Seconds of the Summer, the band that actually opened for One Direction back on the Take Me Home tour. Um, I got to see them live for my second concert, and that was the... uh Shit, that, what tour was that? Oh, that was Sounds Live Feels Live. Yeah, Sounds Live Feels Live for uh the album Sounds Good Feels Good. Honestly, seeing these bands live, like, separately on different tours was amazing. I cannot say anything less besides it had been, like, super magical. It was, like, the moments that built up for, like, an amazing concert. And that's all I could pretty much say for those bands. But, like, honestly, the Take Me Home tour, I was around 13 or 14 at the time, I was really fucking sad I could not go because they actually went to San Francisco or Oakland, I think. I'm not sure either or, but I actually really was sad I couldn't go to that fucking tour cuz it was iconic. They fucking did the Teenage Dirtbag cover and that was like peak. That was peak One Direction in my opinion. Uh it was around the mo- uh it was around the time they released their movie This Is Us. And uh, that was a movie following them on tour during the Take Me Home tour and everything. And all those like visuals, all those tour visuals were just like fucking magical and fucking iconic, honestly. I wish I could have gone. Like Zayn was there at the time. Things were like literally unprom- <laughs> un- unproblematic for that fucking band. I'm sorry, I'm illiterate right now. <laughs> probably the hair dye getting in my brain right now because i'm honestly sitting here with pink hair dye in my hair (laughs) but um i'm chilling on this podcast right now before i wash it out and everything but honestly thinking about the take me home tour being a thing and me not being there that was just honestly such a shame like (laughs) all the songs they played the whole fucking set list it was like amazing like I wish I was there to see that playlist live honestly playlist fuck (laughs) tour list set list yeah um fuck my bad if you hear plastic rustling in the background it's because I'm wearing like a plastic bag right now as my hair soaks in pink manic panic dye right now and um I've got 15 minutes on my clock on my timer before I wash out so I'm honestly just sitting here wishing to talk about my moments, <laughs> getting to see these bands live and everything, but um, here's one more rustle before I wash out, and I'll be back. Sorry about that. <laughs> Teehee. All right, I'm back, <laughs> and I have um, pink hair now, I guess. It's pretty cool. Uh, it wasn't as hard. I've done this, like, multiple times since, like, 15, so... Um, I love coloring my hair. We'll probably do a little podcast episode on that, too, honestly. But um, anyway, on the topic of live shows, um, Five Seconds of Summer was introduced to me off like Tumblr when I was scrolling on it, I guess. And I had seen the dudes in it, uh, Luke and Ashton, and uh, they were cool. I thought, like, oh, like, who are these guys? Like, there's a bunch of notes on it, and they look familiar. It's like, um, I had seen them on <laughs> probably <laughs> This Is Us, the extended version, or, um, probably a video. And I was like, oh, fuck, I should check these guys out, I guess. So then I did end up checking these guys out. Uh, five Seconds of Summer," honestly, really cool. Um... They were different. Their sound was different. It wasn't like One Direction. And um, Five Seconds of Summer honestly opened me up to like pop punk and the world of pop punk. Um, Even though they had gotten backlash multiple times, um, I'd have to tell you that I'm not going to get defensive, but the first album they have is way different from the second, the third and you have to honestly check them out if you honestly think that they aren't pop punk in the first album. Um, they experience uh, way more heavy, like, guitars and bass in, like, the second album, Sounds Good, Feels Good. And um, it's an amazing album. It was one of those albums, once again, I had talked about that album in the first episode briefly. Um it was an album that actually helped me out through a hard time and an awkward time in my life. And if I would, I would have honestly thanked those guys personally if I could. <laughs> but um, yeah, 5 Seconds Summer was amazing. It was a band I opened up to and I actually uh, really loved their music. Try Hard, uh, it's a single by them. It was the first one I had heard by them. I think it was Heartbreak Girl or Try Hard. I'm honestly not sure. But um, it was both those songs I heard first. And I checked out the music videos. And I was like, holy fuck. I actually loved these guys' vibes. I love these guys' vibes. And um, I ended up loving them just as much as I did One Direction. And, yeah, I embarked on my own, like, fangirl little journey with them for a while. They helped me also like inspire on a bunch of fanfictions that I wrote. Um, fanfiction was something I had gotten into at the age of like thirteen to like seventeen. I had slowly stopped when I started um, exploring YouTube, the community on YouTube, and um, Five Seconds of Summer helped me open up my outlet for YouTube and like social media and fanfiction. All in all, and That band has been just great to me. They inspire me and everything. Uh, Their music is amazing. I'd probably know, like, every single song if you asked me. (laughs) And no shame in that. And no pun intended in that, because no shame's actually a song off their album, Calm. But, (laughs) yeah, I had seen Five Sauce live, at least. Uh, Let me count. Fuck. Maybe, like, um three or four times and um yeah i'm telling you i've seen them three or four times for the reason that they are amazing live like um if you listen to their singles off their albums like recorded the versions um you'll probably end up loving them twice as much live because live is a different experience honestly in my opinion and um yeah, Sounds Good Feels Good was an amazing album. I saw them live at Sounds Live Feels Live at the Shoreline Amphitheater, and I had met some of my online friends there, honestly. Um, we ended up like doing a collab on YouTube a little before that, honestly, and meeting them in person was an amazing experience. That was something I would never forget, honestly. It was really, really nostalgic, and I was really happy to have like met others that did the same stuff I did online and stuff. It was pretty cool. Fun fact on that notion um the lead singer actually of Five Seconds of Summer actually fucking follows me on Twitter and that's like the shit that fucking made me cry at the age of like 14 or 15, I think. And literally nobody paid no attention to it. But like in my heart I had felt it like literally burst at the seams. Like I was really fucking happy that the lead singer actually noticed me on Twitter after, like, being able to, like, open up on my outlet through Wattpad, the site that I had written fanfiction on, uh, Twitter, Instagram, you name it, YouTube, um, YouTube had been something I, uh, sorry, YouTube had been something I gotten into later on, actually, so I can't speak for that, but, um, It felt really rewarding to actually get a follow on Twitter by the lead singer of Five Seconds of Summer because, um, yeah, so many stuff I had done online felt really accomplished. I cried. I quite literally cried. (laughs) Um, One of my fan fictions, uh, She's the Man, actually hit at least like 40 million views, 20 million views. I don't remember. Somewhere in between that. (laughs) But um, that was a really big accomplishment to me. And to have uh, Luke notice me was honestly like a really, really, really accomplished thing and satisfying thing as a fan and as someone who looked up to them and someone who was inspired by them. Um, it sucks, but like coincidentally, like One Direction, I had not known many men who actually stand or was a fan of Five Seconds of Summer like that. <laughs> So um, it was amazing to honestly get to go uh, to a concert of five five seconds of summer with um, someone who was my boyfriend at the time, a significant other. And um, I thought it was really sweet of him. It was really fucking sweet of him to go with me. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. even though we aren't together at the moment being, I was honestly really grateful he came with me because uh, Five Seconds Summer was a band that really, like, upped the notch for me and really, like, inspired me and really opened an outlet for me and my personality online through the internet. And it's a beautiful thing. Uh, going to that show with him during the Youngblood era, their uh, second album. Fuck, no, not their second album. So stupid. I mean, their third album, Uh, Five Seconds Summer has four albums. By the way, it's the self-titled album, which is after the band's name. The second album, Sounds Good Feels Good. Third album, Young Blood, and their fourth album, Calm. They're currently recording new music, and I cannot be any more excited for it. But um, anyway, back on topic. Uh, The third album, they uh, promoted it on the. I can't immediately think about it. I think it's their second or third tour. It was just a promotional tour, but it wasn't like one of those like big tours, like Sounds Life, Feels Live. Uh, they had visited San Francisco, I believe, and ah, that was a magical experience. And my friend on YouTube, Alyssa, at the time we met up there too after meeting up the first time at Sounds Live, Feels Live, and yeah. Just a bunch of tours pretty much of five seconds of summer uh, were a timeline for me, like based on live shows and stuff like that. And it was just a different world to experience. Anyway, um, during the Meet You There tour, uh, I had a really fun time. The place was a really intimate place. So I felt like really snug my spot at the back and everything and even though i was in the back i kind of wanted to go into the fucking pit again on the floor and i couldn't sadly but um (laughs) it was uh the tour after that that i can't think of the name on my head like at the top sorry about that but uh, (laughs) the show was in san jose and it was also a five second summer show and um i had went with my friend at the time and we had gone on the floor just because i was like "Fuck it i'm going on the floor today it's not going to be any other day it's going to be today just because like this is like my third or fourth time seeing them and i still haven't gotten to get on the floor so i was like "Fuck it we're gonna go on the floor i don't care what happens we're just gonna go on the floor and (laughs) i was pretty much determined to get onto that floor and even though security was pushing people back, I was like, no, 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 fuck it, fuck it, we're pushing through, we're pushing through. <laughs> like, almost like this, like, whole intense moment where I was like, yeah, fuck it, we're gonna go to the front, we're gonna go to the front. But sadly, I could not, because fucking security, their head asses were like, <laughs> move back, step back, step back, step back. And I was like, uh, <laughs> like, do we really have to? And so, yeah, we stepped back. Sadly. Well, it was alright, but, um, we ended up, like, towards the front, anyway, of the floor. Uh, the floor was pretty huge, so, like, it was pretty cool that we were towards the, uh, front section of the floor. And, um, yeah. Really, really fucking intimate experience. Five seconds of summer. Ah, they're amazing live. They're just fucking amazing live. Like, I can't even explain it. Like, their note changes... The guitar riffs, the insane guitar riffs, Luke, okay, like, he's disrespectful with the fucking, (laughs) with the fucking note changes, I can't, and, like, Ashton on the drums, like, fucking immaculate, I'm just saying, but, like, them collectively as a group, like, they just fit so perfectly, and it was pretty cool that they were friends way before they became a band and everything, and that's, like, what makes the experience on a live stage so intimate for them. And, yeah, that's probably why it's, like, so cool to see them live, honestly. I'm totally getting it confused, by the way. I'm so fucking sorry. Uh, The Nameless tour in my mind right now, the promotional tour that they did, 5 Seconds Summer, uh, uh, that's the one I went with the significant other, to, And, uh... It was the Meet You There tour, actually, where I had gotten to the floor for the first time, and that's me setting it straight, because I honestly, like, kind of confused both the tours. So sorry about that if you got confused. (laughs) But, um, the Meet You There tour happened, um, afterward. After that promotional tour, fuck. (laughs) And, um, yeah. Um... All those times were a fun time to see 5 Seconds Summer live, like, the seeing the progression through their music has honestly been, like, so satisfying since the beginning, and, like, it's insane how much they've grown through their music, like, it's insane, like, their music's amazing, um, yeah, seeing them live would definitely not be, like, a regret, I'd say so. Um. It was actually like one of the funnest moments and times in my life like to be able to see them live like so many times and yeah anyway before that mind jumble on both those shows the meet you there tour and the tour I fucking forgot the name about that happened beforehand um no worries we're still going to transition into this um we're going to talk about how does the fucking, how does the fucking, <laughs> how does the fucking survive on a fucking floor when it's needed? So I actually didn't regret going onto the floor for the show at the, uh, uh, at San Jose. Um, it was, uh, amazing. Uh, the place was located next to the San Jose University, I believe. And, uh, the place was huge. It was actually huge, fair enough, but not as huge as the stadium when I went to go see One Direction. But, um, yeah, no regrets on the fact that I went on the floor. But, like, just saying, there was a bunch of precautions that I had to take as soon as I got onto that fucking floor, okay? (laughs) And let me tell you, the intensity did not begin until the fucking show started. And, um... As soon as the show fucking starts, people are freaking out collectively on that floor, okay? And you're in a crowd. And when you turn back around, you see literally, like, rows and, like, crowds of tons of people behind you. And you see that it's pretty far back. (laughs) And you're basically in the middle of it. And it's your job not to have a fucking anxiety attack, realizing that you're fucking in the middle of a fucking pit. And you can't escape. You can't go through the right. You can't go through the left. You can't go through the back. You can't go through the front. You're pretty much set in the place that you are. <laughs> and like a can of teams, we're all fucking rocking back and forth and side to side, freaking out, yelling as soon as they fucking like get onto that fucking stage. And I'm like big eyed, fucking wide eyed, like jaw dropped. I'm like, oh shit, wait wait we can't get out like I'm telling my friend wait we can't get out we totally can't fucking get out and it's like okay so you gotta be able to set your ground here when you realize that you are in a crowd and it is inescapable you just have to take deep breaths like literally take fucking deep breaths and look up like if you look up like it feels like more cool air is like fanning your face, honestly, because, like, versus that, like, when you're, like, at level ground, you feel, like, the heat so badly, and now I realize that's why, like, people honestly faint, and that's why, honestly, people turned it down when I was asking, like, do you want to go on the floor? Do you want to go on the floor? They're like, no way, but I understood, understood, that was definitely understood on that end, (laughs) and, um, yeah, it's important to breathe and fucking look up. It, honestly, um, gives you more air flowage, and it, like, makes you, like, feel the ventilation from the top, and that, like, gets your breathing stable (laughs) as you are fucking, like, hyperventilating at the fact that your favorite band's right in front of you. (laughs) Oh, fuck, and let me mention, uh, I was, like, around 18 or 19 at the time, and I was clearly not of legal drinking age. I had a bottle at my house, though, but don't ask me, that's, like, further out of this notice but I had brought a shot with me in a fucking hairbrush like a concealable hairbrush where you could like put liquids inside it or if you had weed you could have put in weed inside it and um I decided to put a fucking shot of honey in there (laughs) and I took it with me and it was a hairbrush a really really unnoticeable hairbrush that I took with me in my fucking bag and I took that shot before we headed in and honestly, it did not fucking help that I did take that shot before heading it to the floor. Because, like, I was, like, fucking hot. Like, I was literally feeling the heat so badly. And the fact that I drank, like, I felt the heat twice as much. <laughs> so, yeah. I honestly felt bad for people at the front of that show. Because people were fucking freaking out. I'm guessing some people also, like, passed out, too. So that wasn't cool. Um, it was probably a good decision to stay a bit back (laughs) because I was literally like so tiny. Um, but it's important to stay calm when you're in the floor and it's important to like enjoy where you are, where you're at and realize that you're out of show. There's no need to fucking escape the pit. It's just all part of a fucking panic attack in your head because you're in the middle of a fucking pit. But. There's honestly no need to fucking escape. It's not necessary. You're at a show for a reason, so you are there to stay put. And uh, once you realize that, you'll ease into it, and it'll get way easier. Um, if you have water, honestly, hydrate. That's really important. Stay hydrated while you're on the floor. Um, I should have, but I did not. Oh, well. <laughs> I still enjoyed the show, though. and um, I probably shouldn't have worn heels that day because uh, <laughs> I wore heeled boots that day thinking that I could, like, handle it because, like, I was way too short. If I was going to be on the floor thinking about it, I wouldn't get to see, like, over people if they were taller than me. And I was like, oh, fuck, so I might as well wear the boots if I could. And I took that confidence as a yes to wear those boots, but instead it I fucking, like, hated it because, um my heels fucking started hurting like my soles on my feet like started fucking hurting so badly uh like towards the middle of the show and i was like fuck i can't do it anymore like i need to take it off and i literally took off the fucking boots on the fucking floor and i like stood there barefoot in my socks <laughs> and i was like you know what i don't give a fuck i'm sorry and i like award award and i, I wear the people around me saying like oh i just took off my shoes my bad <laughs> like could you like not step on them? And I was like yeah, <laughs> let's continue and let's fucking rage But yeah, I definitely say it's the truth when like people suggest you wear comfortable blah, 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 comfortable shoes <laughs> To like a show so yeah, definitely wear comfortable shoes Cuz that's a must I wish I listened to that honestly when I read those and when I seen it in YouTube videos, but um yeah Just hope for the best, honestly, is my thing. Like, I took it, like, uh, moment for moment, even if I was in uncomfortable shoes and if it was my first time on the floor. Like, you just got to trust yourself, and the rest that happens is the magic, and it's beautiful. So beautiful. (laughs) I remember that show, honestly, and it was, like, really fucking amazing, Um it was almost as if, like, it was the first time again that I've seen 5 Seconds of Summer. It's almost, like, as if that feeling resonates with you, like, every time I saw 5 Seconds of Summer live. And, um, yeah, I guess it's just the band and what they done for me and how much they inspired me. Um, it was just great. <laughs> anyway, yeah, those were, like, the days, pretty much um they're not playing live shows right now I think they're like working on their new album like said like their fifth album so I'm really excited for that um something throwing me off a bit though is uh Luke (laughs) Hemmings the lead singer um he's releasing new music as a solo artist kind of like pulling like an Ashton from like early September last year and um (laughs) yeah it's weird so like if they're working on a new album it's kind of questionable thinking if he's releasing if he's releasing if he's releasing new music um what's gonna happen in the fifth album for five Stars? you know so um the suspense kills definitely it's wild um yeah Anyway, I saw 5 Seconds of the Summer live a bunch. Um, the bands that opened for them were, like, really, really cool, though. I never knew them until seeing them live, until they opened for 5 SAUCE. Uh, the band was Hey Violet around their, like, early tour days. And um, they have a lead singer front woman on that band and a drummer that's a woman in that band. And it's pretty cool. <laughs> um... The Aces were another girl band that opened for them. They kind of remind me of the eco Goths, honestly. I don't know why, but, like, they just remind me of the eco Goths. <laughs> Even though there's, like, three women in the eco Goths. And there's actually four women in the Aces. But um, the Aces have amazing music, honestly. Like, I honestly, like, was down to check them out when they opened for Five Sauce. On the Meet You There tour out at San Jose. And, um, Yeah. They have really good music they have an album called uh, my heart felt volcanic and that album like literally means so much to me the cover is like really aesthetic but like besides that anyway like the music on it's like really meaningful to me and um the album that followed after that under my influence was also an amazing and impeccable album um the songs did not disappoint I actually felt like the vibes on that album were way different from like when my heart felt volcanic and yeah, it was off the album when my heart felt volcanic, where I played a bunch of songs um, for my ex-boyfriend at the time, or no, well, well, he was my boyfriend at the time when I played like songs from both these albums, feeling like that weird gut instinct feeling and that weird like heart. Felt like heart pouring feeling, and um, it was songs that meant a lot to me, and songs that like held messages that I wish I could say word for word to the guy back in the day. And um, yeah, those were like, I guess, my like (laughs) smolder moments and my like emotional openings to like be able to speak through music, and um, yeah. Those albums were, like, actually really meaningful. Um, yeah. I still listen to them sometimes. But the fact that we are no longer together kind of makes me sad listening <laughs> to the songs on those albums. But um, there's some happy ones on those, definitely. And When My Heart felt Volcanic was um, different. Like, the titles to the album was different and it stood out i'm honestly not sure what it is about like these female bands and these female leading bands uh opening for like male artists and like male artists led through a band does that make sense um i think it's actually pretty cool it's really uniting in music and i think it's just really cool that um There's another actual girl band that opened for Harry on tour. I totally forgot to fucking mention. Uh, It was Muna or Muna. I forgot how to pronounce it, but it's like M-U-N-A. That's like the band name. And um, they've got some tunes too. Like they were wild. Like it's like more of like an indie alternative vibe for these bands. And um, yeah, I'm just really happy. Like bands that like Five Seconds of Summer or like artists like Harry Styles opened me to like, a universe of like girl bands, and it's like <laughs> it's pretty cool. Um, it was back in the day when I thought girl bands were such like a far fetched thought for like <laughs> music, but it was more of like for like a fictional ulterior motive for me because I used to be a writer and everything for fan fiction and stuff. That, um, I thought of the idea that I guess girl bands would be like a cool and unique idea. To put into a situation where it was like a battle of the sexes thing. Between like dudes and the, the dudettes. <laughs> and yeah, I thought that was a pretty far-fetched idea. Like a girl band and everything. And it was really unique. The idea is my thing. Like far-fetched I mean no way in like a negative way. But I'm saying like it's unique definitely. To the idea that music can be made by all women or a female leading woman in a band. (laughs) And um, yeah, I thought that idea was pretty cool. So to be able to see uh, bands with females leading in it or females like just in it was honestly pretty uh, unique, like I said, Uh, unique. And it was something I'd never seen before. So it was surprising and it was very um, eye-opening. Honestly, I love spontaneous moments being able to see like new bands live and everything for me because like the feeling's really like adrenaline filled and it's like more like a thing where oh, I've never experienced this before or I've never heard this like song before. So, like hearing it live for the first time or like getting introduced to a new band for the first time that's like opening for like an artist that has been with me for a while is like a really, like, self-rewarding moment for ever since I've started listening to music. Live shows have meant so much to me that, like, to a point, I wish I could, like, thank these artists, like, personally. Like, somehow, uh, like, somehow, yeah. <laughs> like, um, I know fans get the benefit of, like, meeting the dudes in the band, like, out of nowhere, spontaneously, at the airport, on the streets and stuff. So, um, yeah, if I could ever have that opportunity in real life, I would, like, honestly thank them for everything. And um, I actually haven't gotten that benefit yet, but in the future, I really hope so, because (laughs) um, live shows meant a lot to me, and it meant, like, a different world to me. Um, from, like, the world that I live from day to day. And it's just a beautiful experience. Nothing less. <laughs> anyway, some other artists I've actually gotten the benefit of seeing live also were the Jonas Brothers. Fuck yeah. The Jonas Brothers, like, literally... <laughs> seven-year-old me was like crying inside uh how old was i like 19 year old me and (laughs) yeah it was just a moment that meant like so much to me from when i was a kid honestly because the jonas brothers were like a thing like honestly the show on disney channel jonas and like the show hannah montana when they like guest starred on it and everything like those are like waking moments for seven-year-old me it was just like <laughs> entertainment like to its peak for me <laughs> when the jonas brothers were on disney channel and everything and uh the music they released lately around that like era also were like waking moments for me so to be able to see them live at a mature age around 19 years old While they're like actually fucking married and it's just like, ah, where'd the time go, you know? So it was really cool to see them live. I honestly felt like, wow, they're grown. (laughs) They're really grown, like from like 2007. So uh, that was an experience. Um, I believe BB Rexa opened for that concert and she was like lovely to see live honestly (laughs) um i was like whoa it's bb rexa um yeah i didn't get to see bb rexa live at um the g concert that i went to also but that was a while back um probably around 2015 2016 and um that was around the era for g when uh bb rexa like uh featured on a song with g so, like, I was, like, anticipating if she would be there at the show at San Francisco for g but, um, she was not, apparently not, but, <laughs> it was cool to be able to see her live, um, at the Jonas Brothers show, and I didn't really expect it, and, um, yeah, g live was also an experience, um, I never been to a show like that before, uh, quite literally, <laughs> quite literally the oracle of reno was like um getting hotboxed by the the fucking crowd uh weed fumes just saying it's like everywhere that entire like fucking concert and i was like getting fucking like secondhand high the entire time and i was like okay so this is not bad this is chill and (laughs) yeah i was around the era for um what's that album called when it's dark out and I really, really love that album. That was a cool-ass album, and I felt like it was very like authentic to him as an artist. And he had every right to play it live, to enjoy playing it live. He had every right to fucking rage on the fucking stage. And um, it was really, really fucking cool to experience live, that album. It was more of like not a storytelling album, but more like a mix between storytelling and situations that would have been his and um yeah that's the point of music it's your story it's your authenticity and it's your honesty so like to be able to see it on a stage like that for Jeezy was very moving I've also gotten to see bands like Green Day and BCS live and realizing that all these artists were like diverse between the genres that I usually listen to at around like 13 or 14, like was like, wow. Um, I'm honestly realizing that I've seen a lot of these artists live. And (laughs) uh, about the Green Day concert, it was actually free at the time. I was really happy that my friend uh, bought the tickets for us for all of us when we when we got to go. <laughs> and um yeah. Um the show was amazing at Green Day. Um it was just kind of sad cuz uh, a friend that had went with me at the time had a pretty bad panic attack. Um like Really, really bad panic attack that she had to fucking leave the crowd and, like, pace around the fucking stadium. And, um, that was uncool to experience. Really, really uncool to experience. But then again, it wasn't her fault. It really wasn't her fault. So I felt really, really fucking bad. But, um, the show was amazing. I took videos and everything. And I wish she was there most of the time because she would have enjoyed it, like, really, really much. And, yeah, I ended up getting to talk to that friend later on. I wasn't sure where she went. I honestly, like, walked around the stadium trying to look for her, but I didn't know where she went. And um, I ended up just, like, giving up and, like, going back to the fucking crowd, hoping that she was safe. Uh, she had a phone, so hopefully she got to reach somebody important. Um, I wish she honestly called me. <laughs> But um, she had not at the moment. I think she felt bad because she would have probably interrupted us or something or, like, interrupted the show. And she probably felt bad. And that, like, made me feel, like, really, really fucking sad. It's really sad. And um, I got to talk to her after the show. And uh, I was telling her that it was okay, that, like, the show was amazing and you did not ruin anything. And it was okay. She was probably just having a panic attack because, like, a bunch of people were out there and stuff. But, um, yeah, I told her that it was okay, that it's completely normal to go through, like, anxiety around a bunch of people. And I can speak from experience that it's horrible. (laughs) The anxiety literally feels like it's pounding through your head. And it feels like you can't fucking speak a full sentence sometimes or think straight through anxiety. (laughs) And knowing that i've actually experienced that feeling of like uneasy like really really uneasy anxiety um it was probably 10 times as horrible at a fucking live show for her and i just felt really bad um i really enjoyed the show green day is amazing green day is like honestly fucking iconic um but at the same time i felt really bad <laughs> that she had a really really bad panic attack Uh, she told me she ended up just going to, like, the nurse's room, the nurse's office, and she calmed down over there. And I was really happy she got to. (laughs) But, um, yeah. Once again, that did not ruin the show whatsoever. I swear to, like, everyone listening right now that, like, if a friend is going through a panic attack, that should not be the reason to, like, see someone as dragging you down at a fun event or at a public event. It's not true. It's not a thing. Like, anxiety, everybody goes through, is my thing. I talked about that in the first episode. <laughs> and, um, yeah. I just felt really bad for her. I wish she gotten uh, experience to experience the show more and everything. But she had to see a couple songs live, at least, before like things went bad. I wasn't sure what happened. But, um, yeah, I comforted her at the end. I was telling her it was going to be okay. That, like, anxiety is normal. Panic attacks are, like, completely normal. And, um, we ended up getting food. And it was chill after that. We talked and everything. And it meant a lot, honestly, that she even bought the fucking tickets for us. The same girl who had the panic attack. Um, yeah. At that show specifically, though, on a brighter note... (laughs) Uh, one of my other favorite bands opened for Green Day at that show at the Oakland Stadium. And, uh, fuck, it was Catfish and the Bottlemen. Okay. Catfish and the Bottlemen are, like, an amazing band live. I cannot say anything less. Like, I recently was uh, new at listening to them. At the time, I only heard, like, probably one album. And I think it was The Balcony or The Ride. Uh, I'm not sure. But uh, both of those albums are fucking amazing. Honestly, I'm going to put you guys on. <laughs> Cabbage and the Bottleman uh, were one of those bands for me. And it, like, um opened, like, my mind. It opened my soul to the lyrics, to the songs, <laughs> to the guitar riffs. And it was, like, wow. This band's amazing at the art of, like, songwriting. Um... I honestly am not educated in that band very, very well, to the point that I know, like, every single member in it, but, um, I do know the lead singer, and his name is Van McCann, and he is the man. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm just kidding, but he's, like, he's really cute, and, um, (laughs) yeah, yeah that band live was like wow like even though we didn't have like good seats on the floor or anything like we were on a certain section like towards the middle um it was an amazing show like i didn't really care where we were sitting at that show honestly like to be honest to be to be completely honest but i'm saying like catfish and the bottleman live i fucking screamed like i did not expect them to be there at the Green Day show, and I was, like, literally telling my friend who, uh, who kind of freaked out mid-show, but, um, it's okay, once again. I literally told her, like, oh my gosh, thank you. (laughs) Like, I literally cannot thank that girl enough for, like, buying me a ticket to that show, because, like, the opening band was fucking fire, and I'm saying that, like, I have a bias for that band, like, specifically, and I have a poster of their, like, fucking album on my wall, And I fucking love them. The Balcony, that album is, like, fucking amazing. I cannot say less. (laughs) It was also that album that was, like, a waking moment of my youth as, like, an 18-year-old. And listening to those songs on the balcony were, like, songs I literally resonated with. Like, feeling, like, a gritty love and a badass like love like i can't fucking (laughs) explain it like thoroughly in words but literally that album just like interconnected with the feelings and the emotions and the experiences that i had experiencing my first love and that album its lyrics Like, literally, fucking poetry is what I gotta say. Anyway, I can't fucking believe I got, like, even more excited to see the opening band instead of Green Day. I don't know if that makes me, like, a fake fan or, like, a fake stan or anything, but I love Green Day. I can't say anything less about fucking Green Day. (laughs) They're legendary. Like people say. And, um... Yeah. It just felt weird that I was way more excited to see the opening band instead of like the band that played after. But I'm saying like I loved both bands equally. I loved their music for like different reasons. Two different completely reasons. <laughs> Sorry. Two different completely different reasons. <laughs> yeah. Cabbage and the Bottleman was more of like something like a sentiment. And um Green Day was more of like an era <laughs> for me. Like Punk rock, punk poc, poc, punk rock era. <laughs> word jumble once again. Ew, ew. I don't know if I should make like a transition noise for like my word, my word jumbles <laughs> when they come in, like unexpectedly. But um, we'll figure that out. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But um, yeah, both bands, Green Day and Cash and the Bottleman, uh, were a different story. Two different stories for me growing up. Anyway, though, as for BTS, uh, Bangtan Sonyeondan, Dan, aka, <laughs> I'm like, honestly, 100% shameless that I know that, but uh, <laughs> I'm saying I got to see BTS with my little cousin at the time. Uh, it was around 2018-ish, late 2018-ish to 2019-ish, not entirely sure, but around that time. And uh, it was around their uh, Love Yourself era, where the Love Yourself albums came out, uh, Love Yourself Here, Love Yourself Answer, both those albums intertwining beautifully live, effortlessly live, like, wow, honestly. <laughs> but, um, yeah, getting to see them for the first time with my cousin was, like, a different thing for me. I've never seen, like, a K-pop group live like that. So being able to experience that was, honestly, really life-changing, really different in my thing. And I'm saying that, like, that experience was something i'd never experienced before live and i'm saying that's the whole point of like a journey seeing bands live seeing artists live like it's a new experience every time is my thing like whether you're seeing the same artist again and you've just got like a love for them that you can't explain or you're seeing another artist for the very first time that you've listened to like creatively or you're seeing an artist for the very first time literally not even knowing their music like just going in blindly um those are all different experiences going to a concert and i'm saying that like that's the whole point that's like what it makes it like that's what it makes it you know fuck (laughs) i'm trying to say that's what makes it nostalgic but i'm saying that like all those aspects is what makes it the experience that you hope for that you Wish to experience again and again when you go to see live shows and stuff. I was really happy I got the benefit of seeing all these artists live, honestly. Um, If I'm not missing any, I'm really thinking hard. But I'm saying I think I got most of the artists that I got to see live. And um, anyway, getting to see these artists live meant sacrificing and not getting to see other artists that I loved live, but I'm saying that, like, it was they also toured around the same time of the year or the same time of the years that I had seen those, like, uh, bands live, those artists live, but I'm saying that, like, I honestly wish I got to fucking see Halsey live. I got to wish... Fuck. (laughs) Mouth jumble. I'm saying I wish I got to see Halsey live. I wish I fucking got to see the 1975 live. I wish I got to see All Time Low live. Like, These were artists that, like, had to be an exchange to seeing some artists live. So um, maybe, like, sacrificing a five-star show would have been better for seeing Halsey live or the 1975 live. But I'm saying that, like, I don't regret it. I don't regret the shows that I've been to. Um, They were all, like, in a meaningful sense for me. They were all, like, in a meaningful, like, presence to me at those shows that i've been to and um yeah but i do wish i got to see some artists also um like yeah paul z the 1975 all time low like those were amazing artists that had like also been to the city around here uh it's fuck 21 pilots yeah 21 pilots they've like uh came to like san francisco also like the berkeley area and um yeah, I honestly wish I thought, like, financially, if I should see different artists instead of seeing, like, the same artists live multiple times. But I'm saying, like, uh, once again, those weren't moments I regretted. I just wish I honestly had enough money to see, <laughs> like, Halsey live, like, the 1975 live, like, 21 Pilots live. And, um, yeah. But it's okay. I'll probably end up seeing them in the future, hopefully. Um... If not, then it's okay, too, because of, like, the fucking pandemic and everything. But, uh, yeah, no regrets on any shows that I've been to, though, honestly. In all honesty, like, um, as I've shared, these were all moments that, like, meant a lot to me and, like, built my soul, quite literally. So, definitely, these weren't moments I'd regret. I'm not sure, but, like, literally, like, being in a crowd, listening to live music... It's literally such, like, a rewarding feeling to my inner soul. Like, it's different from, like, listening to an album on a speaker or, like, listening to an album, like, through headphones. It's, like, being there with the artists. like, makes it such a, like, intimate experience, you know? And um, I bet it's an intimate experience for the artists playing live as well. So I'm saying that, like, it's literally like a a trade-off for, like, both the artists and the fans at the show that it's so intimate that it's quite literally, like, a nostalgic thing to go through, to be able to be there, like, with the artists that you listen to from day to day. Anyway, yeah, I didn't mean to get, like, all sentimental with you all, but, like, like, I'm really happy I got to reminisce and, like, go through these moments with you and remember them as I spoke about them um anyway like i don't know maybe a part two maybe in the running for this podcast for this like concert concept thing and um maybe but like as for now like i'm really happy that like i got to (laughs) reminisce those moments once again um they happened over the years for me so it was also around the time i was growing up and experiencing life from day to day and um yeah Seeing these artists live meant a lot. (laughs) It meant a lot and it meant, like, everything. Anyway, um, thank you for listening. I'm going to wrap this up. Uh, I'm really happy, once again, getting to see, like, these artists live. They made me grow to be the person I am now. And I think it's amazing. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. uh, Sentimental episode for you here. But uh, thank you for listening once again. Uh, I'll see you during the next episode. And yeah, I'm going to get back to reading this book called Maze Runner right now. (laughs) I've been reading it since like yesterday, like nonstop. So I'm going to get back to it. And uh, yeah, that's a wrap up for episode four on for a pessimist. I'm pretty optimistic and I will see you on the next episode. Thank you. Bye.